It's the H-Dog Pod with your host, Michael the Hound Dog Harrison. Hey, hey, welcome to episode five of the H-Dog Pod, the Corbinian Holzer edition of the podcast. Of course, Corbinian, widely considered the greatest defenseman in the history of the NHL. Far, far better than the Detroit Red Wings defenseman, Nicholas Lidstrom. Corbinian, a former Maple Leaf and current Anaheim Duck, just an absolute stud defenseman. The GOAT for sure. Speaking of Maple Leafs, we'll get to them in a few moments about their uh, trade that they just pulled off on Wednesday. But I wanted to give a little update before that on the the Fisher girl that uh, was uh, last podcast. We were talking about how she was trying to uh, snake a bunch of money out of me. I finally did block her on both social medias. Haven't gotten uh, in contact with her at all. Probably won't for a while. I could see a a scenario in which in a few months from now, maybe I... uh, uh, unblocker message her just to see if she even recognizes or even realizes who I was. That'd be pretty funny if she then went back into her cycle again of trying to to screw me out of money. That'd be pre- pretty entertaining. Probably not going to happen for a while, though, I, I, I would say. But I will say, perhaps she's uh, calling me because do you ever notice it seems to be there's way, way, way more call random calls from numbers nowadays. And I've just had like three in the last uh, hour. And there's totally unknown number so maybe somehow she infiltrated my phone and found out my number and is now trying to call me and uh, basically get that money that she really really wants that there's no chance i'm paying maybe it's her but uh, seriously though have you ever noticed like really i feel in the last couple years maybe uh maybe it's even more than that I, i lose track of time so easily I think like a sporting event happened like two years ago and it was like five, six years ago. So maybe it's been uh, much longer than that. But it does feel like, especially recently, tons of people are calling. Hopefully I don't get another one from her. I'm not answering. I never do. I'm assuming no one answers, right? You're crazy if you answer unknown uh, numbers. That's that's my thought anyhow. But I digress. I, like I said, though, I may believe trade that happened. They, uh, oh my God. Michael Hutchinson, their backup goaltender. Man, the last couple of years, the Leafs, would always be in trouble if Frederick Anderson went down for any length of time. And hopefully he won't be for you know a month or something like that because then they might be very, very screwed. They decided to ro- not roll the dice with Michael Hutchinson uh, as their starter because it was only basically for, for one game or one and a half games he came in, and he was absolutely dreadful. But they decided to roll the dice with him as the backup, hoping that he could be okay. He was fine with the Jets a few years ago, but Hutchinson is absolutely a train wreck, totally atrocious. He's like not even like a single A, if you wanted to put it in baseball terms, goaltender. I know he's, I know, I know. He's not that bad, but that fourth goal against the Rangers on Wednesday, pretty brutal. So the Leafs swing a trade, add a little uh, sandpaper, which they desperately need in that lineup with uh, Kyle Clifford from the Kings and uh, bring in uh, former uh, Stars first round draft pick Jack Campbell. Turned out to be a decent NHL goaltender. Like he was, it looked like he was definitely headed for Bustville years ago. Uh, high first round pick. I think it might have been like a 12th overall or something along those lines. I'll find that out. But uh, he's been a fine for the Kings. Not great because the team is absolutely dreadful. But he actually had a couple of decent seasons considering, um, you know, uh, that he, like I said, was on a really, really wretched team. So the Leafs desperately need something. I like the trade. They only gave up uh, Trevor Moore, who's a fine player. He's from L.A., I'm sure he'll like it there. I'm assuming he'll like it there. Maybe you don't want to go home. I don't know. But because especially because the team is absolutely dreadful, right? But uh, yeah, the he's going there. A couple uh, third round picks or one of them and potentially another uh, pick as well uh, that could turn into a second rounder. So I'm just looking at uh, 
trying to find out the uh, where he was drafted. Um, I sure you know I probably should have done uh, some work on that beforehand. You know what I mean? Like a little bit a little bit of prep work wouldn't uh, wouldn't wouldn't have killed me, right? Eleventh overall in 2010 for the Dallas Stars, Jack Campbell. But yeah, he's gonna be pretty decent for the Maple Leafs, I would imagine. Well, you can't be any worse than Michael Hutchinson, who's absolutely wretched on the road this year. His I think he's given up. No, he has given up at least four goals in the, all eight road games this year. Uh, he's just an absolute disaster. Good to have Jack Campbell on board. Uh, and Kyle Clifford, like we said, adds a little bit of sandpaper, a little bit of grit, not like a massive amount, but he, he's got about 55 penalty minutes. He'll, he'll, he'll mix it up a little bit. Maple Leafs desperately need that, especially out of a fourth liner. I'm fine with that. Now, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about the Super Bowl. I know it's a few days later, so yeah, I'm not going to get talk too, too much about the game because it's already happened, you know, by this time you listened to it about, about a week ago. I do love, however, that the San Francisco 49ers had a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter and absolutely blew it. The Chiefs came back. Amazing. Love seeing Big Red Andy Reid get his uh, Super Bowl title. Long, long time coming. Definitely should have had it before. And uh, very glad he won. Super glad the Niners lost. Richard Sherman got torched. Uh, I think he was, uh, whenever he was targeted, he gave up uh, all six or seven of his passes against him which is uh, incredible, really, because I, mean, I have no beef with Richard Sherman. The, the Seahawks decided to cut him. They said, all right, he came off an Achilles injury. We're cutting him. He was part of the group of players who could never quite get over the uh, the, the Super Bowl loss against the Patriots that we that I talked about last podcast. So the, the Seahawks decided to move on from him. I'm fine with that. I can't be bitter that he's in the Niners. Like, why would I be? That'd be stupid to be upset with him. But having said that, as Larry David would say, I don't mind that uh, he got torched a little bit. The Niners lost. Division rival for uh, Seattle. Pretty awesome. Now, halftime shows. They are absolutely a, a, a train wreck. The worst. Unbelievably brutal. I saw everyone tweeting about how awesome Shakir and J-Lo were. were. I have no idea. I don't watch the halftime shows. And I have a long ranted about this. And I, I understand you want something for everybody. You want a game. You want the halftime show. Maybe people like the commercials. People are all together watching the game. I get it. It's not just a football game. But it is just a football game, right? Do you not remember? This is the Super Bowl. So I absolutely cannot stand. It is so dumb, these halftime shows. I've never watched one in my entire life. I absolutely never would. Will Imagine if you went to a concert. And you were listening to a concert, and you enjoyed what was going on, the musicians, as I'm sure you would. And all of a sudden, in the middle of it, for about half an hour, uh, they decided to have a football game in the middle of the concert. You'd be like, what the heck is going What the hell is going on? This is garbage. I paid for the concert. Why am I watching these clowns play football? It's the exact same way I feel about halftime shows in the Super Bowl. Absolutely ridiculous. So dumb. Don't care about them at all. Let's get back to the football game. So many distractions. It's a football game. Garbage. Horrible. Can't stand him. Bang. I can't believe I failed to mention about the Maple Leafs trade. How it's so much better the NBA trade deadline is than the NHL. The NHL trade deadline used to be super cool. You know, the Red Wings would load up with like veteran players like Luke Robitaille and Bill Ranford and all these beauties. But now it's like a depth piece, a fourth line winger, you know, maybe a seventh defenseman being moved, unfortunately. But I love the trade deadline day coming up on TSN uh, in a few weeks. I love the trade deadline. It's amazing because the potential for there being a big deal being made, it almost always is a flop, almost always is a letdown, but I still enjoy it. Uh, the NBA uh, NBA uh, trade deadline, unbelievable. Like, this league is really... The actual games, I find, like, the, the disparity between teams, you're either amazing or you're absolutely terrible in basketball, but the league, every single night, brings the drama 
It's very entertaining. You got uh, Iguodala going to the Heat. You have Andrew Wiggins going to the to the Warriors. Actually, big name players are on the move. You know, I love it. I, I just love that the, the league never stops. There's always intri- intrigue and interest in the in the in the NBA. And I just wish the NHL could get back to that. Easy for me to say. The NHL could get back to uh, you know a great trade trade deadline, and you can actually have good players on the move. That would be the best. Unfortunately, I don't see it happening anytime soon. Not with the salary cap uh, structure as it currently is. Now, I want to talk about a couple of reality shows here, seeing as how I love reality TV. And Survivor starts uh, this coming Wednesday, Winners at War. So it's season 40. Hard to believe when I first, I hated Survivor when I first watched, I didn't even watch it, sorry. The first episode, everyone was raving about how amazing the show was. And I'm like, I'm not watching. No way, no chance. Didn't watch it till about halfway through episode two. I'm like, nope. I'm sure it's terrible. I don't know why I had that thought. I've always been sort of a rebel like that. I don't know why. But then I've watched it. They were eating bugs. I'm like, this is awesome. Then I rewatched episode one later on. Taped episode three. Yeah, yes, yes, kids. There's a such thing as tape, videotape, VHSs, not just DVDs and, and the such. And watched that episode probably about, literally, I'm not kidding, about 50 times over. Loved it so much. Loved Rudy and and, uh, and Richard. And it's the whole season, I've watched every episode in the 20 uh, years, 40 seasons. Crazy, this is the 40, 40th season already. So they have all winners for 20 of the contestants, winners at war. However, the one that's not there, that unfortunately, it just sucks that he's not there. I get the optics of it. I understand his troubled past and some of the things he's done on the previous seasons. Richard Hatch. How do you have an all-winner season of 20 different contestants, and you don't have the OG, the original survivor, the best one of all time, Richard. It's such a disappointment. I watched his YouTube channel the other day, which he just started. He was ripping uh, Russell Hans, which was awesome and hilarious, even though I love Russell too. But Richard, one of his videos basically said, I was there. I was going two days before. I'd signed all the paperwork. I'd done all the, the physicals and the medical, all that stuff. I was going. Two days before, they called me and said, ah, you know what? Sorry, buddy. Uh, can't happen. They didn't really explain much to him why, but clearly it has to do with two factors. One from last season, Dan, a contestant, uh, unfortunately was way too handsy. They eventually, they, they took way too long to get rid of him because he was making women uncomfortable on the show. It took way, way too long. And then they reacted, oh crap, you know, we we're trying to cover our, our behinds basically because CBS Hasn't had the greatest track record with reality shows, especially Big Brother, which I love as well, that show. But they have casted some really, really horrible people from that show. And and obviously this situation coming up as well with Survivor with Dan wasn't a good look. Finally, he got kicked off. Should have been way earlier. So because of Richard's past, Richard, of course, season one, Hatch, known for walking around naked, making people feel a little bit uncomfortable. And then uh, when he was on All Stars, Richard brushed up against, uh, well, It seemed like he brushed up against Susan in a challenge. If you listen to him, he said he didn't. Of course, she said he did. I don't know. There's a lot of gray area there. Apparently, the video says he didn't, and he was absolved of all that. But without question, I could see CBS and Jeff Probst erring on the side of caution on this one and saying, you know what, what, given what what happened last season with Dan, I don't want to have that maybe happen again with Richard make someone uncomfortable if he's naked in a challenge or something like that, you know. We can't have him on, which is obviously very disappointing for the fans. Richard Hatch was, he wouldn't have won the game. I love the guy, but he wouldn't have gone very far. He obviously would have had a massive target on his back being the first winner, but he still would have been entertaining, even if he lasted 
two, three episodes. Would have been great. Very disappointing he's not there. I get it. I get the optics as to why he's not still. Very, very disappointing. And had it not been coming off season 39 with Dan doing the horrible things that he did that got him kicked off, maybe Richard is there. But I can pretty well unequivocally say this one thing now. I'm almost guaranteeing you Richard will never be back on Survivor because he basically gaslit Jeff Probst and CBS with these YouTube videos saying he explained all the situation. If you if you believe Richard, which again, he said some questionable things in the past. Of course, he's been in jail for tax evasion. He's not exactly the most upstanding uh, citizen of all time either, but pretty sure he's never going to be back on their season of Survivor. He, uh, he seemed to have burned quite a few bridges. Now, the next podcast, because it does start, the show starts on Wednesday, I want to talk about the other, uh, the contestants who actually are playing this season, because obviously there's many, many great ones, uh, given the fact that, you know, it is all winners. So I definitely want to delve into that a little bit deeper, make my prediction, and see who's going to be gone first. I love that Boston Rob is back, and I love that Parvati is back. Sandra, some really, really great winners. A bunch of eh winners as well, but we'll get to that on the next episode of the podcast. Bachelor. Did not disappoint this week. I watched both episodes. I love the show, but oh my goodness, it is lengthy. Three hours on Monday, two hours on Wednesday. A lot of television. It's entertaining, but yikers, uh, yikers Island, it is just, it's a lot of TV. But it's amazing how the show can, I'll, t- I'll speak in some generalities here instead of giving away everything in case you haven't seen B- uh, Bachelor. Don't worry, I won't spoil it, but I'll speak in some generalities. It's amazing how they can make these women seemingly crazy uh, early, in the, I think it was episode one, Kelsey was not going and seeming, well, she was. She was going very, very, very upset about the champagne, how it was stolen from her, blah, 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 blah. All of a sudden, she's crazy. But then it seems, okay, They she goes back into the woodwork. They don't really talk to her for a little while. Then they have another woman step up as the crazy one. The point I'm making is it's incredible how the producers of the show always seem to be able to have their storylines and have these different women popping up as the one that's the the villain or the villainous of the of the episode or the season and then all of a sudden they're fine they seem absolutely normal and then they went oh you know what we need more another storyline with someone else and then they make someone else a big time uh, villain now if you've seen these two episodes on the Monday and the Wednesday you know who I'm talking about the one who was going after the Canadian and she was very uh honestly she went from I think one of the greatest ones, uh, one of the more interesting, uh, um, uh, I mean, not one of the greatest contestants, one of the more interesting interviews of the season. I'll say her. I'm not saying if she's left the show or not. Tammy. Tammy, I, th- I guarantee you, I, whether she lost or whether she will lose, that she will not win the season. So I guarantee you she will be on Bachelor uh, in Paradise just because she's very, very good uh, to the camera, very interesting. But all of a sudden, the first few episodes, she didn't really do a whole lot. It was interesting in, in her interviews, but nothing. Then the last couple episodes, oh, my God, everyone hates her. She's crazy. The audience has turned their back on them. It's amazing. In a split second, the show, the producers of that show, are able to just switch things around and make someone uh, the villain uh, of the season or of the episode. And then all of a sudden, it's, oh, yeah, we, we love this person. And then, no, no, we absolutely hate them. It's incredible. that the, the I will say the producing of that show, it is so obvious that they're, you know, uh, it's not exactly reality TV, you know, even though it is reality TV. They really much construct uh, a lot of uh, different situations. They make people, uh, you know, in compromising situations like Victoria a couple episodes ago, uh, seeing a, a singer, it happens to be her ex-boyfriend, blah, blah, blah. They make sure to piss people off. They make sure to push buttons. That's their job is to create good TV. But wouldn't it be nice? Wouldn't it be a, a unique episode if everyone just got along, and it's always funny too, because they always say, 
every single episode. The women are like, oh, I just want, I just want there to be no drama today. No drama at all. Cue drama within five seconds. Happens all the time. But that does actually happen on reality shows. Love Island last season on CBS, the first season in America. It's a, it's a hit worldwide. Love Island, generally speaking, everyone liked each other. It was fun. It was cool. It was light. Yes, they were trying to find love, and there was a few different couples that did, but they didn't generally absolutely hate each other every single waking second of the show. There was some disagreements. There was some arguing. No question. You can't avoid that completely, but it does seem like... I actually... It was refreshing to me. I loved Love Island. They actually... It was the same concept as Bachelor, basically, but they actually got along, and they were cool with each other. Plus, the narrator on Love Island was absolutely hilarious, always making jokes at the, peop- at the players' uh, expense. So funny. Now, when you don't have the narrator on Bachelor in Paradise, it just feels weird. You keep expecting that the host guy, you, you, you don't actually ever see him. It's just a narrator. You just expect the, the, the biting comments that he always would have. Really, really fun show, Love Island. Apparently coming back in the spring. So, uh, yeah, hopefully a few months here. Uh, spring or maybe perhaps in May or June. I'm not quite sure. CBS, I don't believe, has uh, officially said uh, when yet. So, And the other thing is, it's always funny on that show on Bachelor when women are actually normal, but the way they edit them, it makes it seem like they're abnormal. I remember specifically a few years ago, the Canadian who ended up winning Vanessa from Montreal she was very uh, she was trepidatious. She wasn't really sure. She wasn't no. She wasn't saying, "Oh, I love you right away," as a normal person wouldn't, right? If you just met someone and you've been on one date with them, you're not automatically going to say, "Yes, you're going to be my next. Uh, I'm going to marry you." A normal human being wouldn't do that. But what I find interesting on The Bachelor is they make these women who actually are normal women who have a little bit, you know, they have concerns, they have doubts, they have things creeping in. That's a normal thing. You've only been on one or two dates with this guy at most. They make them seem like, that's weird, that's strange, that's abnormal, and they edit them as almost like this, like, in a way, not a villain, but they almost edit them as if there's something wrong with them for being normal. That's the funny thing about the show. It's like, no, why are you doing this to this, this poor girl? She actually is just feeling things as a human being would, but they make it seem like, oh, that's weird. She should be head over heels in love with him and, and saying he's my husband and, and her walls are down and, and that she's vulnerable and that she's in it for the right reasons. How about taking a chill pill, Bachelor? Just tone it down a notch. Okay, I'll wrap it up here saying I, this weekend, will be going fishing. Not the fishing of that girl that I started the episode with and the episode four. No, I'm not a fisher online, although that would be quite funny to do. I'm not going to do it, obviously, because I'm a real human being, and I don't want to try to extort money out of people like crazy. No, I'm going actual real fishing, ice fishing up north. Uh, in North Bay, with a couple Butrons for sure. It's going to be great. I don't know if, you've ever, if you guys have ever gone ice fishing. I go there. It's fun. I don't really care too much for the fishing. It's more about just having some good time with the boys, watching some hockey and playing some games and everything like that. But there was a one fish. It's not, well, it's not a fish. It's called a mud puppy. These things are absolutely terrifying. Google it right now. It's like a sal- It's like a slimy salamander, and they're very, di- they're just disgusting, and they freak me out. They're tiny. They're not very big, but they just... They're muddy and slimy, and it's a blah. These things, these these mud puppies, as the name suggests, they're very muddy, and it's just, they're just disgusting. And tons of times, when you put your line down to try to catch a fish, you don't end up getting one. The first year I went ice fishing, I caught quite a few fish. The second year was pretty good. Last couple, we've all been uh, barely had any fish at all. But occasionally you will get what you think hopefully is a fish, and it turns out to be one of these mud puppies that are absolutely terrifying. I would refuse to take those off the hook. They completely scare the crap out of me. 
just just Google it, and yes, it'll ruin your life just like it ruins mine. Mud puppies. Uh, they give me the willies. I'm sure I probably will catch some of those this weekend, and we'll talk about that on the next edition of the uh, H-Dog Pod. Thank you for listening to Episode 5, the Corbinian Holzer edition of the podcast. Also, uh, follow us on the social medias, H-Dog Pod, and very, very soon, without question, I'm going to start getting some guests, more guests on the show. We already had Eric Rosales, my buddy, talking about Kobe Bryant. We're going to get some more guests, some big-name people. I promise, or should I promise that? Uh, yeah, let's promise that. It's, uh, that'll actually make me go for the gold, and uh, then I'll actually try to get some uh, great guests on this podcast to talk uh, about a myriad of different things. Thank you so much for listening to the H-Dog Pod, Episode 5. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye. This has been the H-Dog Pod with host Michael the Hound Dog Harrison.